Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Luke 2, 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. My name is Pastor Austin, the lead pastor of Tekoa, and I'm glad you're with us today in this Christmas season. And today we lit the candle for joy, which is um, referred to as well as the shepherd's candle. And that's the candle we're actually looking at today. Um, It's the story that you just heard read out of Luke chapter 2, and it's an important story Um, part of the the biblical story and the story of Jesus. It's in our Christmas tradition. It's in some of our songs. We've been saying a little bit of that story this morning. Um, So they make it, the shepherds, they make it into the Christmas story. But what's remarkable about the fact that they make it into the Christmas story is how unremarkable the shepherds actually were. If you're like me at all, this maybe is something you can relate a little bit to. Um, They weren't wise men from the East who were wealthy and wise. They weren't like Simon, or sorry, Simeon, who appears um, about a week later as Jesus comes into the temple to be dedicated as a baby, a devout man that was waiting in the temple day after day for the Christ, the Messiah, to be born. They weren't like Anna, who was also there that day waiting in the temple. She had married, but had remained a virgin for her whole life, and her husband died, and she was in the temple day after day praying, fasting, waiting for the Messiah to be born. They weren't like these people, um, but yet they were important to God. They're important to the Christmas story, despite how unremarkable the these men were. The shepherds actually were the lowest, pretty much, of society. They were the poorest of society. 
And they were going about their day jobs, also their night jobs. We find them here at night in our story. They were clearly faithful Jewish people. They were faithful to God. Um, They followed him. They trusted him. But they really weren't special in any way. They were just normal guys doing a normal job, living their lives. And then God enters in, and the remarkable thing is he includes them in the story. He includes them on one of the most important days in history. And why? Because God doesn't care if you are rich or poor. He doesn't care if you are wise or not. He doesn't care if you grew up in the church or brand new to church. He has a purpose for you. He has a role for you. He wants to meet you where you are at today, and just like the shepherds, to share the joy he has and invite you into that joy. That's what I'm talking about. Today we're talking about the shepherd's candle, the candle of joy. These guys received the good news of God, and today God has good news for us as well. He wants to give you joy, and your response to that joy can be like the shepherds. My message today is that God wants to give you joy. He wants to give you the ability to praise Him and celebrate just like the shepherds did. So the scene here is set at the beginning of our passage today. You already heard it read. We have the shepherds. They're keeping watch. They were just going about their jobs life was happening. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, right? Normal people doing a normal job encountering God and his angels. And yet they are some of the main characters, they are the main characters actually in our story today. They were lowly people, as I shared, but they were also important in God's kingdom. Matter of fact, that profession that was the lowest pretty much of society was important. David, who became king, who is actually in the lineage of Jesus, was himself a shepherd before God picked him out of obscurity and raised him up to be king of the land. And we see as well that the mother's line, Mary, goes back to David. We see in Luke here the father's line, who Jesus isn't even blood related to, the stepfather's line, also goes back to David. And yet God includes him as well in this story because of his importance. And this is the primary image we also receive of Jesus throughout his life and after his death was that of a shepherd carrying the lost sheep on his shoulders. The shepherds were important in God's kingdom. And let me tell you this morning that God has a role for everyone. Don't count yourself out. The shepherds probably counted themselves out just thinking we're just going about our jobs, but God had a role for them. Maybe you are folding clothes at your retail job. Maybe you're folding clothes all the time at your stay-at-home parent job. Maybe you're crunching numbers at your corporate job or as a student. God doesn't often pull us out of those roles, and he didn't the shepherds. We're going to look at that today, but he comes to us where we're at, and he comes to us with good news, meeting us like he met the shepherds. And God's glory, we're going to see here in a minute, manifest in the gathering of the angels. 
And it's amazing to me, where does it appear, his glory at the birth of his son, the proud father moment, where does he send the angels? Not in the temple, that comes a week later on day eight, but his glory comes to the middle of a field, basically to a farm, is where God presents himself at the birth of Jesus. That's where his good news is brought, and God wants to meet you wherever you are at today. So the shepherds are there, and the second set of characters enter, the angels. They're going to give us and the shepherds an example of what to do um, with the good news that God brings. They say in verse 10, we see their response, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, The Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. First, the angels come and they share the good news that they have. Like, they were so overjoyed that I think God had a purpose, as we talked about, sending them to the shepherds, but I think they just had to share it with somebody, right? The shepherds were maybe like the nearest ones to the birth. They were like, I don't care that it's a bunch of guys in a field with some smelly sheep. I have to share this good news with someone. They couldn't contain themselves just to heaven. They had to come and share it with people. Let me tell you about Allie and I. See, we are pregnant with our second child, and I remember the first one, and I remember what happened after she was born. Her name is Hannah, and after Allie and I celebrated amongst ourselves with her birth, we called and texted some people, right? We called and texted the most important people in our lives. You know, we started with our family, and we talked to some of our close friends. Then we got to maybe like the group text of some further out friends that we still, you know, care about. We want them to know, uh, but we can't, I don't have the time to text all of them individually because, you know, we've got a new baby. Um, But you, you know, eventually we maybe post on social media and let people know, but you start with the most important people in your life. That's who you share with a great announcement um, at a birth. And it is significant for us today that God sent the angels, literally angel means his messenger, he sent his messengers with a message to tell who? To tell the shepherds. And I tell you this, that was not, now obviously I don't really know any shepherds, but I didn't call my mechanic or my butcher or the farmer's market guy that I know about the birth of my child. I told my family, I told my friends. And I don't know if you today feel strong or insignificant, but let me tell you, just as God saw the shepherds as significant, he sees you as significant. Even the lowly shepherds were significant to God. And it says the angels share that the good news God is bringing is for all people. The shepherds illustrate this, obviously, as we've talked about, the nobodies of their day get a unique invitation from God, not just to witness what God is doing, but to be a part of the story. What I want you to see today, if you're sitting in the chairs here that you are not overlooked either. If you're sitting here, God has a purpose to you. You're here, it's 
cold and you're still here. We turned the heat on four hours ago and for some reason it didn't work today, but you're here, you're in the message. God wants you to know you are significant. He says, I love you. I have good news for you. I want to give you joy. So before we move on to the message, let me define joy. And that's our topic today. It's important probably that we define what joy is. So joy is defined in, you know, just the English language as happiness or pleasure. Biblical joy goes deeper than this, further than this. See, biblical joy is not just a feeling of happiness. Thank God, because the Bible commands us to be joyful. So I'm thankful that it's not commanding us to do something that's a feeling because I can't control my feelings always. Paul says this in Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You can't command a feeling, and God commands us to have joy, but you can demand or command, sorry, joy because it is more than just a feeling. Biblical joy says change your perspective. It can be an action It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's something that you can have if you follow Jesus because God can give it to you. Joy is something he can give. And you can have hope and faith even when life doesn't give you the feelings of fun maybe and happiness. Why? Because the messenger has already come with the good news. And we're going to talk about what that good news is in just a second. But life might not have changed yet. But the messenger has arrived, and you know the outcome. We know in the end that God is victorious. We know that in the end, God is good and will provide for us. We know that in the end, we will be with God. And this can give us joy now in our present circumstances, whether we are on top of a mountain and life is amazing right now, or we're in a valley and life is very challenging right now, whether we are happy or sad, whether we are any place God can give us joy. Joy says that I don't care where I'm at now because I know where I'm going, not just in eternity, but further down in my life. I know where I'm going, and God says that it's good because God is good, and he cares about his people, and I know that it is a good place that God is taking me to. So the good news, the good news that the angels share says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. What I want you to notice here is that the name is not given, right? Like when we called people to tell them about the birth of our daughter, we said, and some of them already knew because we'd already picked it out, but we shared her name, that she's healthy, maybe some stats about her. But the angels came, they didn't share his name, they shared his titles because they were important, they were significant, they were representative of who he was and what he was going to do. They started with Savior. The one, Savior means the one who will save you, the one who will save all of us, all of humanity, save us from our sins, our broken relationship with God, save us from our life situations, save us for eternity, save us in this life when we need help. He was also the Messiah, which is Christ, is the literal title in Greek. We use that sometimes, Jesus Christ, that's his title. And this is the one that was promised by God for his people 
the promised one who would be the Savior. This is who the shepherds were waiting for. They just didn't know they would get to see him in person themselves. But he was the promised one who would make a way for God's people that still makes a way for us today. The promised one that was the proof of God providing for his people. We also see the last title here is Lord, the one of authority. He is the one that you will follow. He is our God. He is the one who guides us, shows us what to do. He is the one who gives us purpose and direction in life. He was Savior, Messiah, Lord. Jesus is born and the birth announcement goes out. His titles are important because of who he was and what he was going to do. And the angels here and their response of what comes next, and this response is a picture of what we should do with the announcement that we receive. They respond, and then the shepherds respond themselves. The angels first come, they share the good news with others, and they are literally showing in even their presence, the angels, right, we see this in our artwork and other things, the angels, they're literally shining with God's glory, they're literally bright. And in this story, they're literally bringing light to the darkness of night where the shepherds are. And they are the hope. Jesus is the hope, our first candle. Faith, our second candle. Joy, our third candle. The flame of those candles represents that light to darkness that Jesus is and who he is and what he came to do. It says this in John 1, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The angels lit up the night sky with their presence as a picture of what Jesus was going to do with his coming. And then a sign was given to the shepherds to be a part of and to verify their message. They say a baby is born and he is lying in a manger. Again, we see God coming, the king, born into poverty, born into this example of where he was at and God is a God of the people he doesn't exclude the rich but he's saying I'm for everybody the rich and powerful the poor the weak and everybody in between I am for everyone we see so many people in the opening chapters of Jesus life that I've talked about and what we see is your position your power your wealth doesn't matter your abundance or lack of those things doesn't matter what matters is your response to god this is what matters so the angels their response after sharing the news was that they rejoiced rejoice is just literally comes from the same word that joy comes from it's the the action of expressing the joy so they rejoice and this is to be our response to the good news as well suddenly the angel was rejoicing with i didn't memorize this one suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others the armies of heaven praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom god is pleased they have so much joy. They praise God together, all of the angels. And this is our response to, I'm going to come back to this, but we should praise God. This is part of our response to the good news we receive. 
So the story continues, right? The angels are sent with a message. They're sent to go see and witness, and they trusted God. They go. And it's remarkable because they left everything. They left the sheep. A shepherd would never leave the sheep alone. Matter of fact, that's why it's nighttime and they're still on duty at their jobs. There was no off time for them. And they all said, let's go. This is important enough and we trust God enough that we're going to go and we're going to come back and the sheep are still going to be here and it's okay. And if they're not, it's okay. But so they go and they bring with them the message that God had for them. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. They obeyed God. And this was the response. This should be our response as well. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It didn't matter for them the risk. They went. It didn't matter the potential cost. They went and said, I will trust God. This is important. This is valuable. And then it continues. After seeing him, Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So just as the angels did to come and share a message, the shepherds go and share a message with everybody around them. Right? They, they knew, like, we have good news, we have joy. I'm going to share this with those around us. And this is our first response. I talked about this last week in our message that our response to faith requires that we respond by sharing and talking about it with others. The fact that it says here they shared their story is a great way to share, right? See, people love stories. They were just able to say, hey, this is what happened. This is my story. This is what God did in my story. Um, and that is a great way to share what God does. People can't argue with the story. They don't have to be believe it. They don't have to respond to it but it's your story. And stories, they inspire us. They inspire faith. That's why one of our values here at Tekoa is that we are storytellers, because it builds faith when we hear other people's story, and we get to stop and respond. So let's stop. We're going to come back to the topic of joy, but I don't want to skip over this, even though I mentioned it last week. But joy causes us to share. It's part of the the cause of our, our desire to share with those all around us. And when we had our baby, we had joy. And so we shared the news with everyone, and this is our normal response, right? When we have good news, we're going to pass it on. What happens when you receive a promotion at work? I'm pretty sure you don't go home, turn off your phone, grab a drink from the fridge, and like go in a dark room by yourself and just sit there, right? you tell someone, anyone, your good news. If you're very outspoken, you're going to just go find that person, call them, tell them. Or maybe you're a little bit, maybe trying to be a little bit more humble, and you meet up with friends, and you're just bursting with the good news, right? You're so excited about what happened, you have to tell them, and it, you hope somebody asks, how was your day? But it doesn't matter. If they ask how like they're complaining about the rain, you're like, oh, what about this rain? You just use it as, a, as an in. Even though it doesn't make any sense, you say, I don't care about the rain, I got a promotion, life is good. You're just going to work it in there because you're excited about the good news that you received. This is what we should do if joy has sunk into our hearts. 
It's going to naturally want to come out about us. And so I want to ask you before we come back to this topic of joy, who are you inviting to church this Christmas? Who is your joy causing you to share maybe some of your story about? And I want to invite you, grab some invites on your way out. They're a great way to invite somebody. I heard somebody from our church last weekend went to lunch with a friend after church. And their friends started sharing with them. I, I kind of want to visit church this Christmas season. It feels like a good thing to do. And they thought, all right, let's go, God. You couldn't have made this any easier for me. Let me share with this person. You know, I'm a part of a church. It's great. Here's this invite that I picked up that the pastor told me to pick up. And I've got it. Here's all the info. Um, you should come and join me. It's not always that easy. But when we look for the opportunities and we get to share some of our story, joy causes us to desire, to want to do that. So back to the story, they celebrate and praise God. They had so much joy, they praised God. It says the shepherds, in verse 20, went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told him, told them. Here is what happened. And I think it's really important how the story ends. Because it sounds amazing, and it was amazing, but it doesn't end maybe how... Maybe, I think it ends actually more like life actually is and less like we think of a biblical story ending. It's not like a movie. So two things important happen. Number one, they praise God. Number two, their lives go back to how they were. It goes a little bit back to normal. And so we see this. They had so much joy. They praised God, just like the angels. They sang to God. They praised Him with their stories, sharing with others and with their words. This is to be our response as well. And that praise, though, that they did, I think it's important. I want to spend some time on that as I finish this morning because it's important. Praise does something. When we sing to God, when we respond to Him, it changes us. It lets joy sink into our hearts in a deeper way. It lets it take root in our lives. We might experience joy for a moment, but that action I talked about of choosing to have joy, we can express that through praise. That's why one of the reasons, anyways, that we sing here in church, because praise is part of joy, and that praise helps what we're singing about, what we believe, take root in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our lives. It helps us have joy even when we don't feel like it. It helps us solidify that. And it's so that we don't just feel joy for a moment. Because Monday comes, and if nothing changed, it can be hard to hold on to that joy. You can have an amazing Sunday morning in church, or you can have an amazing time with God no matter where you are, but life goes on. And joy, and as we praise, that helps us hold on to that joy through life no matter what happens even when nothing has changed. And God wants you to have joy. There is joy in the good news of God. Your circumstances, circumstances have changed, but just like the shepherds, they changed. The Messiah came. Jesus came, the one they were waiting for that was promised. He had come. They got to even witness and, and see him in person, but then nothing really changed. They went back to their lives and to their jobs. 
you might go to work tomorrow and nothing is different. But it is different because you have the good news of God. And our response to that good news is to celebrate and praise Him because we know that reality is different even if at the beginning it looks like nothing has changed. Let me use this as an example. You're working after college, but you really know what I want to do with my life is I want to become a doctor. So you apply to med school and you keep hoping you will get in that you will start your journey to become a doctor, this thing you've wanted for a really long time. But what happens in January? You finally get a letter saying that you got in. Now you're excited. Now you have joy. You're going to be a doctor, you think. But wait, Monday comes. Nothing is different yet. Life goes on. Nothing's changed. Do you still have joy? Yes, I mean... You have to go to your job at Starbucks still. You made it into med school, though. You think life is going to be different, but you still have so far to go to become a doctor. You got to go through med school. You got to go through clinicals. You have to go through your residency, maybe more testing, all of these things, and then you get to be a doctor. But the good news is there, right? The good news came. I get to do this now. Something changed today, even though it hasn't happened yet. Eventually, you will get to do what you want because of the good news. The messenger angel, in this case, the, the postman, the mailman, gave it to you. And it changes everything for you, even though it doesn't yet, even though nothing's different. Even if life goes on as it is tomorrow, even if COVID happens, and I don't think this happened, but med school gets delayed a year, life has changed, you know that it's changed. And our lives have changed. At whatever point we receive the good news of a restored relationship with God through Jesus, our lives have changed. And we're to praise God as a result and that we're to have joy and we can have. God has given us joy as a result to be happy, to be joyous. And maybe today you are in the middle of amazing times and you say great i'm gonna sing for joy because life is good or maybe in this season you're in challenging times but i want to invite us as a church to respond in a minute here with praise because god has given us salvation in jesus if you are just new to this good news good news that has just come rejoicing is easy right that Monday, after you get the good news, rejoicing is easy, celebrating is easy, but you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and things get delayed and delayed some more, it gets hard to still hold on to that joy. You're still looking forward to it, but it's not such a potent emotion anymore. And what happens over time is we start focusing what's on right in front of us. I read this this week in Luke chapter 10, the disciples started focusing more on what was in front of them. And it was good things that were happening in front of them. And what, it, what Jesus told them was, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. See, we're to rejoice and we get to rejoice because our names are written 
in heaven. The disciples, they started to get about excited about earthly things. And I would have too, right? They're getting to see miracles. They're getting to see healings. They're getting to be a part of these things. And they're, 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 they're joyous as a result of this. But Jesus with them says, hold on a minute. Those things are going to keep happening. But that is not the source of our joy. Because they come and they go and they come and they go. And, and life goes through moments. And some moments are great and some moments are hard. But what is the source of our joy? He says rejoice. Again, that word for joy. Have that action of being joyous because your names are written in heaven. Some seasons are great. Some are hard. But Jesus knew this, that that would happen. That was life. And he said the thing that is most important for us is our relationship with God. That our name is written in heaven. So today, no matter how life is going for you, it's time for us to rejoice. The coming of Jesus changes everything for us. And we celebrate this at Christmas. He is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, as the angels promised. We have new life in Him. We have eternal life in Him. Tomorrow or this afternoon, evening, even life might go on for you. But you can have joy through it all. And our response, your response right now in this moment matters. We are to praise God as the shepherds did and as the angels did. Before you get a chance to do that, we're going to sing another song and praise together. But before you do that, I want to invite everybody right now if your name isn't registered in heaven, it can be now. See, Jesus was born a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died a death he didn't deserve for us. And then he raised to new life three days later because death couldn't hold him. Death couldn't stop him. And you just have to believe in him and choose to follow him. And God will restore your relationship with himself. And he's going to give you the gift of joy. So I want to invite everybody into that. Would everybody pray with me right now? If you want to pray those words, these words for the very first time, if you want to come back to God, if you just want to reconfirm, God, I am yours, I follow you. Would everybody pray with me right now? Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect and I need help. I believe you were born a baby that you lived a perfect life, that you died and rose again for me, I choose to follow you. And God, right now, today, for this church, for everybody that is here, I pray, God, for joy and joy abundant. That we would just be filled with the good news, that we'd be encouraged by the good news, that even on a cold morning we would just be bursting with joy, bursting with praise because of what you did, that you loved us so much. You sent your son, Jesus, for us. Our names are registered in heaven for eternity. 
tomorrow, this week, this Christmas, this new year in 2022, no matter what happens, God, we can have joy because you have restored relationship with us. And we know that you are a God that loves his children. We know that you are a God that is good, that has good things in store for us. So no matter what today looks like, we are going to choose to praise you, God, because you are a good God and you have provided a way for us when we didn't deserve it, Lord. Amen. I said I would give us a chance to practice this right now, and here is our chance as a church. Wherever you are at, you can praise. And I love that this song we're going to sing is a response about that, that even in the storm we can praise. The writer of this song actually wrote it when he thought a friend's child who was in the hospital was in a hopeless situation. And he said, God, we've been praying for months and nothing's changed and it doesn't look like anything's going to change, but I'm going to sing anyways. Because I know you're good, God. And I'm going to choose to express this even though I don't feel like it right now. And this is our chance. These were his words. And as you sing, let these be your words, your response of praise as well. It says, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar, that up from the ashes hope will arise because death is defeated, the king is alive, Jesus rose for us. Jesus came, he defeated death. Even when we're in the middle of the storm, we can choose to praise because hope will come, hope has come, Jesus is alive. So would you guys stand and sing with us? Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or are looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.